Hey there, podcast listeners, and welcome to this week's Physics Buzz podcast. I'm Mike Lucibella. At this year's March meeting, I got the chance to meet Michael Brenner, the Harvard professor who teaches one of the most amazing intro science classes I've ever heard of, the science of cooking. We designed a class to be built around cooking, and the um, and in particular, um, many of the creations that have been made by the sort of very high-end chefs. Um, this turned out to be a prudent thing to do because it turns out that in recent times, the most creative chefs have basically used science so use scientific principles integrably in their cooking. Science historically um, was never consciously influencing our style of cooking. This is Jose Andres. He's a chef originally from Spain who's opened up restaurants across the United States that serve all varieties of innovative cuisine. He's one of the class's most frequent guest lecturers. But the truth is that when we began reaching to understanding the science behind uh, all the culinary uh, world is when we uh, open a brand new door into knowledge and into understanding about bringing science and knowledge about that science to cooking help us open new highways to creativity. What kind of techniques have uh, worked their way from the lab into the kitchen? Um, well, uh, many. For example, uh, uh, many years ago, the pharmaceutical industry uh, was uh, using a technique that we call today spherification. Spherification is really cool. You take a drop of liquid mixed with a gelling agent and submerge it in a special solution. The gel starts to solidify from the outside in, making an orb of liquid encapsulated by a thin film of soft gel. The end result is kind of like giant caviar filled with juice or alcohol, really any liquid you can think of. Uh, was a way to encapsulate. So many medicines were being encapsulated. And many years later, we become aware and made it into the culinary world. Um, what we did was bring finesse, uh, but we had to understand certain of the principles to start applying them to our cooking. There are many scientific principles and techniques that have worked their way into the kitchen, which Brenner and his guest chefs use to teach the physical sciences. The chefs were really an integral part of the course, both because they um, were inspiring to the students, and also the chefs um, almost ubiquitously provided examples of basic scientific principles that we could then illustrate during either their lecture or weave back into the class. And, I mean, just to sort of go through a laundry list, I mean, one of the chefs introduced the students to supercooling water when um, making a dessert. Um, you know, there was chefs that made emulsions in which they made hot and cold emulsions in different ways, and we got to talk about how this um, could possibly work. There were chefs that studied and talked about browning reactions and how they brown um, different types of food, and we use that as a context to talk about how um, that works. There were chefs that talked about gelation in various novel contexts. Science is ubiquitous in cooking, and not just in cutting-edge hot cuisine. Baking uses a lot of science in many ways. For example, one week we taught heat transfer, and the heat transfer lab was cooking a molten chocolate cake. The chocolate cake was molten because that means the middle was not cooked, and the students measured the temperature in the cake as a function of time. They measured the thickness of the crust, of the cake as it cooked as a function of the time that it cooked. And they use these um, measurements to measure the heat diffusion constant of water. Do you feel that the science stays with the students? Do you think that they're able to kind of take uh, take what they learn and make some of the own, their own creations at home? Of course, it's hard to tell that. So I, I, the only thing I can say really are anecdotes. One of the students who was an English major, she went home and cooked, a, and her mother was cooking a lasagna um, for dinner. And her mother made a lasagna that was much bigger than the 
recipe called for, and the pan was much bigger than the recipe called for, and she didn't know how long to cook the lasagna for. So the student, we had taught them how to calculate the cooking time of things. We basically taught them the equations of heat transfer. And the student calculated for her mother the cooking time, and um, her mother then cooked the lasagna, and it came out perfectly. I mean, to me, what this says is, is that is that this person actually understood more than just the principles of heat transfer. I mean, actually, they may or may not have understood the principles of heat transfer. And they understood how to apply them. But what they understood is, is that equations have meaning and can be used to predict and understand real things. And she actually did it. Education is a two-way street. While Harvard students are learning from some of the world's greatest chefs, Andres says that the chefs are also looking to take something away from the university. For us, uh, when um, we began coming to Harvard, Really, the, the interest in a very humble way was to say, man, it's a world of knowledge out here. Uh, if we only can grab 0.001 of that knowledge and bring it to our uh, world uh, of cooking and apply many of those theories or, may, or, or much of that knowledge into our culinary world, we can be opening new ways. Of course, the class is hugely popular, and not just because you can eat your homework. What has been the response from students? It, it sounds like it's really kind of connected to them with, uh, with them. Why, why do you think it has? Well, I mean, I, I think that the, I mean, I think what's great about cooking as a subject of inquiry is that everyone does it, and everyone knows, you know, and everyone's even done it in quasi-scientific terms. Um, that is that, you know, if you go and you just cook a recipe and you don't like the way it tastes, people have experimented, many people have experimented with changing the ingredients to try to make it taste more to their liking. What they haven't done, of course, is ask why the recipe has the outcome output that it does. Why, why is it you think it's connected with people the way it has? So I do believe it's something very much in our DNA about connecting food with who we are. It's an identity form. We are all, in one way or another, have a connection with food, with our past and our, with our present. So food has this amazing power to become a magnet, to unite people. The same, mag the same power that a table has. A table brings people together around a plate of food. So food has that power. So I do believe that was very smart by Harvard, in this case, uh, by, by the physics uh, department, to be bringing food into an amazing new way to be connecting to those people that will never come close to the science world, but that through food, they feel connected and they are willing to take the risk. That's all for this week's Physics Buzz podcast. You can find more of our podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and much, much more at www.physicscentral.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>